bless you this evening. We're going to try something a little different. I'm wearing a mask, as you can see, and uh, conditions change, but our love for the Lord remains the same. I'll blink real fast to let you know I'm smiling because that's now a hidden feature before I could smile and everybody appreciated that, I think. So now I'll just blink fast. Amen. God bless you. Amen. It's nice to have each one of you here. Let's turn to 641. I feel like, oh, I want to see him. If we could sing that first, that'd be wonderful. Amen. Amen. We're going to be gone in the twinkling of an eye. This world... Yes, it's exciting for the believer. It's getting worse. But we're not discouraged by those things around us. It encourages our hearts because we know that our redemption draweth nigh. So let's encourage our hearts a little bit with a few songs. Brother John Andes is going to come and minister this evening. Oh, I want to see.
found, not on the internet, connected with us this evening. Lord Jesus, we want to confess that you are altogether lovely. Jesus, you are altogether worthy. All praise and glory and honor is due your wonderful name. Lord, the sacrifice of Calvary is sufficient today. Lord, there's no one that is left short. There's no one that's left out. Lord, we're all included in Calvary today. So we plead the blood of Jesus to overshadow us, to cleanse us from all sin, from all unrighteousness. Lord, if there would be any sin among us, Lord, would you come and cover us, Lord? May we confess one to another our faults, Lord. May we be holy consecrated in your presence, Lord, that you could come and walk up and down the aisles and have free course, Lord, not be hindered by unbelief, Lord, but may we say, Lord, help my unbelief. Father, we need you tonight more than ever before. Certainly the circumstances around us are not anything that we find enjoyable, but Lord, our home is not here. Our home is upon another shore and Lord, we might be working and toiling here, but our eyes are constantly on the eastern skies. Lord, for that quick catching away of your bride. Lord, we believe that we're in that number. So, Lord, our expectation and and our anticipation is in the resurrection. Lord, that's where we're looking this evening. Desiring that Brother John would be a set-aside vessel this evening. That you could come and speak through his lips. Lord, a vessel that's been yielded to you. Lord, we have confidence in your Holy Spirit to meet the needs of the people. Lord, the sheep and the lambs have gathered and each one certainly hungry. Those connected by way of the internet. Lord, would you bless them in their room. Lord, be very present and very near. How we love you. We just give you this service, Lord. We ask that you would have your free will and way in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you as you have your seats. Lead me, Lord, I'll follow. Lead me, Lord, I'll go. Got a nice testimony back from Sister Ruth Frederick. She said that she got her test results back and everything came back okay. So she's really thankful. Wanted to let the congregation know that. Amen. This is our last service for this month. So on a Sunday evening, this will be the last time we gather. So I think just check the email that Brother Michael sent out for the uh, upcoming schedule for December. Amen. If you have any questions, we have Deacon Brothers in the back. You're certainly welcome to connect with them. Amen. You love the Lord this evening. And we certainly, once again, want to greet those that are connected with us. It's hard this way, but our eternal home is really what we're striving for. Not another church service we're not really interested in. Just another gathering, but we want to go home. So that's really the cry of our hearts is, Lord, whatever it takes. Might not be nice, but whatever it takes, we're ready to go. And let's sing this together as we turn the service to our brother John. Leave me alone. I will follow. responsibility on him to lead us.
I would just like to sing one more song that goes right with the service tonight, and that is, let him breathe on me, let him breathe on me. Maybe Brother Derek and Brother Ryan can help us. Oh, let him breathe on me. every place where men and women have come tonight and gathered and are connected come into this chapel Lord at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp streaming up through Cloverdale Bible Way there Lord Lord Jesus how we desire you to come and minister again to our lives we thank you Lord for always coming on time and being available you care for us you have sent us a prophet you've sent us a messenger you've given us one another and a family of God tonight we're drawing strength from that Lord we're drawing strength from the songs we're drawing strength from the word we're drawing strength from one another Lord we've assembled ourselves together hearts are connected in for a purpose of thirst and a hunger may they feed from your presence May we all say tonight it was good to be with you and with one another in the house of God. Lord, we bless you tonight and thank you for your marvelous mercies. In Jesus' name, we give you this service. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. And let's just turn right to the scripture, Hebrews chapter 11. Thank you, musicians, for coming into our homes, coming into our sanctuary, coming into... Wherever you are connected tonight, we just welcome those in the chapel. To those that are streaming the service, we are here in the chapel. 
at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp uh, just outside of Bellingham, Washington and coming up through the service at Cloverdale Bible Way. So we're just so happy that uh, you have joined with us tonight uh, in your wherever you're at tonight. You have a part to play in this service. Do we believe in the supernatural? Do we believe in the supernatural? That means that wherever two or three of us are gathered in his name, he's there. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. We're just going to read one verse there. And we can see you that are on the screen uh, that have zoomed in. If anyone is uh, wondering how you can be connected to the service and the local assembly, if you just go to the email that Brother Michael Ray sent to you, and there is a link in that email back to the Bible Way website. You can click on there and join in on Zoom. And I encourage you, uh, this morning we were connected in uh, to the morning service, and it is just wonderful. I, I, I supported 110%. It was just so wonderful. We saw the, the phrase, and we saw, you know, Sister Precious and Sister Patty. We saw the different uh, Rivas, uh, Frey families. We saw uh, whoever was gathered. It was just so wonderful. So I encourage you to get comfortable with that and get used to connecting right in. You'll notice right away an instant. Um, it, it's just wonderful. It, you'll, you'll just appreciate the instant connection of seeing other brothers and sisters. So God bless you, Brother Ken, Sister Linda, and Brother uh, Tr- uh, Sister Tracy, and Brother Steve. And we see you there, Sister Rhea, and, and the Hoffman family, and others that have joined. God bless you. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 13 is our our thought tonight is strangers and pilgrims that breathe. Strangers and pilgrims that breathe. Hebrews 11 verse 13, just coming into the Hebrews hall of faith. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them. And confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now after tonight's service, I hope that you're not looking at your Christian walk as anything negative or a stigma or anything like that. But to know that the believers in Hebrews 11 confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So we, if you've ever felt strange... If you've ever felt like a foreigner, welcome to being a Christian. You're not supposed to fit in here. You're not supposed to feel good with being a citizen of the earth. We are heavenly creatures. And so tonight as we are gathered in in his precious name, I want to focus on that strangers and pilgrims. One more place in the Bible is 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Some of you have heard the phrase pilgrims and strangers. We're pilgrims and strangers. And and uh, I almost titled that tonight. Uh, actually, I was beginning to send the brothers our title. And pilgrims and strangers. That in the two verses that we're going to read, it says strangers and pilgrims. So I said, I better switch. You know, I better put it the way the Bible says it's strangers and pilgrims. So we're pilgrims and we're strangers, Brother Samuel. But we're strangers and we're pilgrims. Is that okay? First Peter chapter two. So positive. The word is always positive. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. 
But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God. Hello, people of God. You that are connected with us in our local assembly and around the world, we are the people of God. We're individuals, but we're part of a family and part of a body. In times past, we were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Having your behavior or your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. In verse 11, we're taking our thought again for tonight about strangers and pilgrims. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. God bless you tonight as you have your seats. Nice to see you, Sister Sherry Kukon that's joined us, Sister Fortune, and others from the Waldner family. God bless you. Are we showing them on the screen tonight? Are, are they? Okay. We need to talk about that. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Strangers and pilgrims that breathe. And it may seem like a very strange title tonight. And I don't want to be long. But I want to take strangers and pilgrims that breathe. Because I have a prayer request in a few minutes. I want to give you of one of the pastor's. In the message, the, the, the wife is, has this COVID virus. And I was communicating with the pastor today and asked if I could share their need. And he said, go ahead and share it. And I'm just going to do that in a few minutes. But it is right in line with this thought of breathe. This inspiration came to us a few days ago. Just under inspiration about breathe. It's the breath. It's the breath of God. But now as believers that breathe, we Breathe in and we breathe out. It's very important to breathe. Uh, Maybe I'll come back to strangers and pilgrims because really this thought of breathe is very much on my heart. Because as, as believers, it's so important to breathe. And when you breathe, you breathe in oxygen. You breathe in oxygen. And you breathe out carbon monoxide. You know the world is so, especially in this hour, caught up with the air that they breathe. And, and the airlines are all caught up with their carbon, uh, with their filters. And how they want to tell everyone that they're filtering the air. And you know that it's safe to fly. And you just breathe and you can breathe in and they exchange. It's all having to do with oxygen and being able to breathe in air. The Christian believers need to breathe in, but you also need to breathe out. And that's part of breathing. If we talk about breathing, 
uh, it's the breath with an E on the end. So the breath, when we, or we speak a little bit on the breath of God, that's the inspiration of God that comes through the word to the believer. So we are pilgrims and strangers that breathe. The believer must breathe. It's the bride's breath that they breathe is the Holy Ghost. In fact, the very air that we breathe spiritually must be fresh air. It's got to be clean. It's got to be moving. If it just stays stagnant, if it just stays formal and cold, and we get indifferent, then you'll watch a person begin to be suffocated. And then the very carbon monoxide that begins to build up in their lungs will actually destroy the person. You must breathe. So when we think about our testimony, Brother Murphy spoke this morning uh, along these lines about the bride overcomes by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It means that there's a body that's alive, that is breathing, that's received the word, that is washed by the water of the word. But then it's the word of your testimony and you cannot correctly give a testimony unless you're breathing, unless you're alive and we don't want to be individuals or our families or a church body that is dead in fact it's those that are have need of breath and we'll get into it a little bit about cpr and also about a homilic remover and and, and a little bit about back trouble and the exercises that a, a healthcare provider would say you need to learn how to breathe it's because it's so important to breathe in And breathe out. If you do not breathe, you will die. And the bride's breath is the word. We breathe the message for our day. And the Holy Spirit now becomes our breath. It becomes something that we breathe. It becomes something that comes in and flows through our system. Now, in the natural, just in a little bit, I want to talk about this breath. Someone that is drowning. And when they rescue this person that is drowning, it's very important to get the water out of their lungs. It's very important when somebody has been drowning in water, that when they are rescued, that you get the water out of their lungs because the breath must flow through. It's It goes to all vital part of, of our lives spiritually and naturally so that the person can breathe. I just want to give this testimony right now for someone. I've given it before, but my wife's sister, she suffered for many, many years, her younger sister, with epilepsy fits. And many times it would throw her and she would become under the seizure, just thrown out of control. And one time they were in a holiday place and she had one of these seizures that threw her into the ocean. And at the time, I I believe she was a teenager, she wasn't serving the Lord. She wasn't walking where she should. And she was thrown into the water and and the water began to fill up her lungs and she was in a fit and in a, and and they, someone jumped in and rescued her and they pulled her up on the pier there in Australia and they were able to turn her over and get the water out of her lungs and she started breathing. She started breathing and she gets her color back and she gets her life back and God brought her back to life and years went by and she gave her heart to the Lord. 
And it was just a matter of just a very short time that the Lord took her home. And I thought, my, the grace of God to someone that could have passed away. She could have drowned it. But God, rich in mercy, gave her another opportunity to breathe his life, to breathe strength. And tonight, you might be a person. It might be in your marriage. You might be, uh, even as a, a family, going through a time where you're just, you know, you're feeling suffocated. You're feeling overcome with the pressures of life. And you might feel overwhelmed. But let Let the Holy Spirit bring you up out of that and begin to breathe inside of you. It's all so that you can breathe. It's all so that this something of the world that presses against you. Too much water in the lungs is not good. Your lungs was not made to bear a lot of water. And even pneumonia, as you that are in the healthcare field know, it begins to attack the lungs. And you can actually have walking pneumonia. You can actually be walking with pneumonia and not even know it. Death is lurking right in your members. And it's only a matter of time. If it's not diagnosed and if you're not helped, a person can literally pass away. And it's because of pneumonia. Something has got in their lungs. Something has got with fluid in the lungs. And it causes sickness that can lead to death. I'm thinking of this hour. And how the Lord Jesus sent us a prophet. And how his first pull and the second pull. Was so majoring on the health. And on the deliverance. And on the the healing for God's people. But so is the third pull. Part of God's healing for his people people. I was listening to the message of the third exodus and I was just listening to what brother Branham was talking about. This is 1963 June the 30th in Jeffersonville. Brother Branham's talking about the third exodus, the third exodus. And in the first exodus and in the second exodus, he talked about how that it was natural death. In those exoduses, they were coming after the children. They were trying to destroy the children. That was their scheme. Brother Branham speaks about that, how that was the king uh, raised up that didn't know Joseph. And that was his scheme, was to destroy the power of Israel. And Brother Branham said that was with their children. He tried to to destroy their children. And he said the same devil... Talking about when Jesus was born. And, and the same devil in a different form of a kingship tried to destroy God's only son. How many remember that? Kill all the children that are two years old and under. And, he, and Brother Bradham's bringing this how in every exodus, Satan is trying to destroy the children. He said, get rid of the children before they get a start. The devil is a real smart, shrewd bird. He knows how to hit the thing before it gets started. And he said, the only thing you can ever do is to beat him, is to rely on Christ and humble yourself and let him lead you. You'll never do it any other way. Your intellectual powers will never do it. You've got to believe it. Just rely on him. He is the shepherd. Hallelujah. He's our shepherd tonight. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's keeping you safe. 
He's Christ. He's the word. We're in a safety zone tonight. In the midst of all this global trouble, the bride is safe in his pavilion. It's good to breathe. In fact, as I look out across this chapel tonight, all the way back to Sister Hendrickson there in the back and Brother Caleb that's operating the the camera, if one of you would stop breathing and you would just, just sit there for maybe for a moment and your eyes would flutter and you would just collapse. That's not normal. It's, it's not something that we would all begin to shout praise God, hallelujah. So, you know, Sister Ivan Ankle just falls over and her children and Brother Ivan Ankle would be, what, what's happening? And she stopped breathing. That would be serious. And spiritually, Brother Branham's bringing in the third exodus. In the first two exoduses, it was natural death. But in the third exodus, it's spiritual death. It's when spiritual death grips a hold of a person's life. Grips a hold of a family. Grips a hold of a church. And before they know it, it's not a natural death. But it's a spiritual death that begins to go for the, go for the throat. Go for the heart. And if it comes through an area of the lungs. And where water begins to fill up. And things begin to happen. Spiritual pneumonia begins to corrupt the house. That's when the Holy Spirit is there as faith, the strong man of the house, to run him out. Strangers and pilgrims that breathe. Now one of the main symptoms and attacks of this COVID-19 virus, you that have studied it or maybe watched some of the facts, maybe you've talked to someone, Brother John has actually been um, with people, believers that have had this virus and they have, um, the Lord has brought them through and they have been delivered from it. I've spoken to spouses of people in the message personally where their spouse has had this virus and they have given us personal accounts of what they have had to go through. Whether it's the physical effects, whether it's the mental breakdown and the fear that immediately strikes a person that is diagnosed positive with this virus. I have, uh, I'm very interested because there's a lot of believers that have had to fight this battle about those and how it begins to affect them. It attacks the lungs and the patient cannot breathe. I want you to just listen. This virus begins to attack the lungs and the patient begins to not be able to breathe. It is like they are suffocating. It's almost been described by many that have had it. And I'm talking about believers. In fact, I have it this afternoon from the pastor that texted us right back. And he said, speaking about his wife, that it's been a rough week and she has suffered. She is pretty sick. She said she wouldn't wish this on her worst enemy. This is Sister Becky Coffey, Brother Barry Coffey's wife. I asked him specifically if he uh, would want us to say this tonight. And he said, yes, it's a Brother Barry Coffey's wife, Sister Becky. I, I actually contacted him today and asked her. I was aware that she had contacted the virus and I asked him today how she was doing and he responded and said, you can mention the need. She has tested positive officially. It's been a rough week and she has suffered and she's pretty sick. 
She said she wouldn't wish this on her worst enemy. And he said, thank you. He's saying, thank you for remembering her tonight. Can we do that as a body of believers? Satan's out to attack. He's out to destroy. He wants to bring down and destroy the body of Jesus Christ. To separate and bring division. And if he can take out a pastor's wife, how that would affect the ministry of the pastor. So Brother Barry said, mention the need. And he said, God bless you and thank you. I think we can say, God bless you, Brother Barry. We're remembering you, Sister Becky. But the reason why... That she wouldn't wish this on her worst enemy. is because the COVID virus begins to attack the lungs. And the patient cannot breathe. It's like they're suffocating. You can be resting. You can be even laying back on your couch or on a chair. But it's like you are suffocating. It's like being held underwater for an extended period of time. And you cannot breathe. Tonight, people are fighting. They are fighting to breathe. People are fighting to get air. What was just so simple before when they were normal and when they were strong and when they were, well, before, now it just seems like the basic fundamentals of living, they're just fighting for air, fighting for fresh air. Tonight, we need to be thankful that God has brought healing to your house. That you are strong, that you are able to serve God and breathe in and breathe out, that we're able to sing, we're able to respond to the word. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm speaking naturally, but I want you to be thinking spiritually how Satan would want to bring a person that seems to be strong, seems to be normal, and just within a matter of a short time, put them into a situation. Where they just, they can't, what was once so easy becomes so laborious, it becomes so deep. And, and, and then to add to that a stigma, people don't want to be around you. People are afraid to be around you. They, you know, they, they cancel to be with you. You can't go into certain places if you had this. And it becomes such a, a thing that attacks all parts of a person's body naturally and even spiritually. It's a global pandemic what I'm talking about. It's a global where Satan is trying to suffocate his people. I, I'm glad friends we are not of this world. But even if a believer would be taken with a disease or affliction, we know in a matter of just a moment, we are in a new body. Tonight, what might seem so natural and easy to just say, well, I believe or I'm a believer. People in the world are fighting to believe, to get some fresh air. So they have what they call ventilators. And, and, and some months ago, it was such a huge thing. Oh, we need ventilators. We need, uh, it's a machine that would help people breathe. It becomes necessary for a person that cannot breathe on their own. And they have to put a, a mechanical device on the individual to help them breathe. So it's not them breathing on their own. It's something called a ventilator that they hook up to a person. But there's a thing about this ventilator that you cannot stay on a ventilator for long or you become dependent on the ventilator. And they try as soon as possible to wean the individual off that secondary device because the individual needs strength and they need healing to breathe 
on your own. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. That once was so easy from a little baby when you were born and came out and you just got that little smack and you're, oh, now becomes even an adult or teenager or someone older and elderly. It just becomes labor. It just becomes the focus. It becomes... It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or have a position or have a degree or if you're a pauper. When you can't breathe, it's the main thing. Tonight we ought to be thankful that the Holy Spirit is breathing by our way. It's the breath of God. It's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit giving the bride the very things they have need of. Open up your mouth. Open up your lungs. Let the Holy Spirit flow through you tonight. Maybe the individual gets to a place where they need strength and healing. They're not breathing on their own. It can't be like that forever. Can't be like that forever. The ventilator, if it stays on the person too long, my, I have a lot of healthcare people in this very service. It's kind of amazing. You know more about this than I do. I had to study on this to actually think about it spiritually. That the bride of Christ must breathe the fresh air of his presence. We must have his presence or we will die. We'll be suffocated. What what this world is going through is Satan suffocating his own children. As I've said, I've personally been with believers that have had the virus and heard them express what they've gone through and the effects of it and things. May the Lord Jesus keep his people. May the Lord, even those that are afflicted by this virus... That are the seed of God. May they be delivered. May the healing angel come by their way and set them free. Can we say amen to that tonight? You say, well, it's, it's not in our, we, we don't, we haven't had a lot of that here in Washington or BC with our, our local people, but you let it strike your house one time and everything else becomes not important. Your holiday, your paycheck, the trucks on your, uh, the tires on your truck, or what you're going, your clothes, everything is focused on, we've got to get breath. They've got to get fresh air. Oh Lord, breathe on us tonight. Let us breathe in and breathe out. Let us go back to our opening scripture. If you have your Bibles at home there, we see your sister Esther there. With Sister Rhea, God bless you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Sister Anno, God bless you. So nice to see you. Brother Victor, God bless you and your family. Hebrews 11, verse 13. After going through the Hebrews Hall of Faith, that you also are part of this Hebrews 11. In November 2020, we are in the same room. We are connected with hundreds of other believers tonight of whom the world is not worthy. I think we take each other for granted too often. I think we look at one another and we're critical and we look down and we're looking at one another's hinder parts when really the world is not worthy of a believer's life. 
And we need to breathe in the word. And we need to say, yes, Lord. And we need to lift up our heads and walk like sons and daughters of the king. Hebrews 11 verse 13 speaks about how all of these died in faith. Not having received the promises. But having seen them afar off. We're persuaded of them and embrace them and confess that they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, sometimes you would hear the word a stranger. Oh, a stranger just walked in the door. Or they weren't registered. Or, oh, look, a stranger. Who is that person? Or... Who is that lady? They're a stranger. But when you look up this word in the scripture, a stranger is a, a foreigner. It's someone dwelling away from home. You are a stranger in this world. You are dwelling away from your home. In the New Testament, this word stranger or foreigner is one who lives in a place Without the right of citizenship. Without citizenship in a certain country or a certain kingdom. It's one who lives on earth as a stranger. A sojourner on the earth. Of Christians whose fatherland is in heaven. Hello strangers. Hello strangers. I'm getting a smile from about half of you. I'll look here on the streaming audience. Hello, strangers. I even got waves out of them. Hallelujah. Sister Sherry laughed. She liked that. You know, you're a stranger. You say, well, I don't like you called me a stranger. You should call me friend. We're strangers. We're pilgrims. We are not in our homeland. We are a Christians who our fatherland is heaven. So this earth is not my home. I'm not planting down my tent pegs and throwing in everything on this earth. I'm leaving this earth. I'm confessing tonight that I'm a stranger. It would help us hold things more looser in this life. If we would confess like the Hebrews Hall of Faith believers that we're strangers. Hebrews 11 verse 13. Do you still have your Bibles? They also said that they were strangers and pilgrims. And a pilgrim is one who comes from a foreign country into a certain city or a land to reside there by the side of the natives. I tell you, what we've been seeing lately here in America and in Canada... They're the natives. This is their land. And we're definitely from another place. We're from a foreign country. We've just been called here. And if you look up the word pilgrims in the Bible, what that means, it means that a pilgrim is somebody that comes from a foreign country to a certain city or land to reside there by the side of the natives. Hence, you're a stranger. I'm glad the message isn't political. I mean, you can be thinking whatever you want. But friends, we are not of this world. And the natives that are here, they are going, that's part of their land. That's their land. But you need an attitude. I need an attitude. I'm just a pilgrim here. The pilgrims came from England to America. They called them pilgrims because they were leaving that land to come to another place 
They were pilgrims. They were foreigners. We're foreigners. You say, oh, I'm proud to be an American. Oh, oh, Canada. And we get all our passport and this and that. Friends, what we're realizing more and more, everybody wants you to stay home. You stay in Canada, stay in America, stay in New Zealand, stay in Africa. They don't want you to fly nowhere. International flights are very limited. You got to get tested. Nobody wants to go there. You stay at home. Well, friends, this world is not our home. And the devil is trying to tell us, stay at home, stay at home. And the bride is saying, we're leaving here then. You're trying to make this our home. We don't want this home. There's viruses here. There's death here. There's trouble here. There's separation here. There's rapes and murders every day here in this earth. I'm not of this world. I'm speaking to a bunch of strangers and pilgrims tonight who heaven, heaven is our native country. That's the flag we want to have waving on the back of our truck. (laughs) Hallelujah, brother Jonathan. Amen. Somebody give me a flag of heaven and I want to wave that and I'm so proud that I'm from heaven. Would somebody please, Brother Doug Hendrickson, somebody design a flag about our future home in heaven. And I'll put it on my van. That's an assignment, Sister Debbie, for all the homeschoolers or people. Somebody that's artistic. And Brother John will put that on my van for a whole day. I will wave it. What are you laughing for? I promise. Brother Ken, you're even laughing. I mean, you make me a flag. Have somebody at BCA. Man, I'm going to have a hundred flags. That's a hundred days. And I'll try to cross the border and they'll say, where are you from? From heaven. I gave them that kind of answer. You turned me right away. I know what it's like crossing the border. They want... They want paperwork, they want this, they want that, they want to know that you're not sick, they want, you know, pull down your mask, and you want, they want the picture to be right, everything's gotta be this, and your health has gotta be good, you know, you gotta have your passport, or your nexus, you gotta have everything, paperwork, especially myself, because I'm a foreigner, a stranger, trying to get into camp, are you essential, are you not essential, where are you going, are you going there, coming back, yes, 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 oh, you're free to go, and I'm like, yes. And when they turn me back, I'm very sad. I don't like that. So every time I cross, they say, you were turned back, back there. Why were you turned back? And it's just a fiasco, but praise the Lord. We're we're serving God. We're not of this world. And it's easy for us to laugh like this and kind of be like a family. But we are not called to be from America, Canada, Europe, China. People get so proud of of their homeland. Well, we ought to be proud of our homeland. People even graffiti on, you know, the streets of New York, major streets. And they put great pain out of their political thoughts and ideas. I wonder if we went into downtown Bellingham, Brother Jerry, tomorrow and spray painted Malachi 4 all over what they would do to us. Freedom of speech. This is what we believe. We're the bride of Christ. Don't I matter? (laughs) Do I matter? 
What if we just painted, Brother Tom, we just, Brother Martin, all rolled out rollers and we rolled out Main Street of Bellingham. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We wouldn't even get half of the J done. Because we're not of this world. They would say we're crazy. They would say we don't care what you believe. But you go to New York, they'll paint a huge emblem down a main street. And they'll let them do it. And they'll bring videos and cameras. People are breathing for false doctrine tonight. They are breathing for sports gods. They are breathing and singing to the top of their lungs. Taking people right to hell. What's wrong with Christians and believers breathing in and breathing out the Holy Ghost? What's wrong with us as believers uh, before our children letting them know that we are not ashamed of the gospel? And I'm not getting political, and I'm not going there. But, and, and we don't need to graffiti the streets of Bellingham. We're not going to paint it. We're not going to even go there. We know already, and we're not going to get a complex about it. I'm not going to walk around from now to the rapture as a victim and say, because I'm a minority, I'm going to keep my head down. And I, No, friends, we are believers. We're not of this world. We're a foreigner, and we are just passing through. Now, if you're a native of this land, you want to fight for your rights and what you are, this and that. Well, just go for it. But as believers, we are faith people. We're just pilgrims. We're just passing through, Sister Clara. Whether we're sick or whether we're well, we're going to serve the Lord. Heaven is our native country. Let's go to our second scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Is anybody else warm in here? I'm warm too. All the way up here. Raise your hand if you're a little warm tonight. Brother Ken, you're warm? You lifted up your hand. Sister Linda, would you? <laughs> Linda, please turn down the heat there in your house. <laughs> oh my, Sister Tracy like that. Hallelujah. We miss you tonight. First Peter chapter 2 verse 11. You know what, Brother Derek, when I was reading this tonight, I you watch the disciples and how they talked to the believers in the Bible because they had been with Jesus. And you watch how they talked in the Bible. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dearly beloved. You, you listen to John, in especially 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and especially watch... How he talks to the believers in words of endearment and, and just love. You, you listen to James and how he inspired hope when he spoke. Peter had every right to crawl in a shell, Brother Anthony, and just do nothing for God. I mean, he cursed, swore, said, I don't even know the man. Like, what a testimony. He had every right to get a big complex about it. But he didn't. He got filled with the Holy Ghost and he came busting out of there. And here in the Bible, he's speaking dearly beloved. Or he's wanting the people that he's writing to. To have the Holy Spirit conveyed through his words. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. So it's not nasty 
You're not a lower form of life. You're not a polywog. You're not a loser. You're not a coward. You're... Satan don't have you on the ropes about ready to take you out. No. You're a pilgrim. You're a stranger. That means you're dwelling away from your home. You're one that lives in a place without the right of a citizenship. You live on earth as a stranger, as a sojourner. But the fatherland is in heaven. And you're a pilgrim tonight. Thank you. How many's ever heard of the Hamalek maneuver? Hamalek remover. Somebody say that. Say it again. Thank you. I'm str- I struggle with English. <laughs> Have you ever been in a restaurant? I was, <laughs> and, and serious. It's not a joke. It's not somebody being funny. <laughs> a piece of meat has got in. And all of a sudden, somebody comes over, a nurse or a doctor, somebody. And by the way, it depends, you know, what generation you're from. They used to say, do it a certain way. Now they would say, don't ever do it that way. And as the years go by, it seems like everybody's ideas of everything. Somebody reaches around and they just, and they they thrust it out there. And where they couldn't breathe, they couldn't breathe. It's like, and their face changes colors and it becomes not normal because they could not breathe. If someone is choking, if there's an obstruction that has got in the air channel. And to remove that obstruction so the person can breathe, it's between life and death. Who's ever walked through an airport or a subway station or the, uh, or the bus station and you've seen a little thing on the wall, a defibrillator? I think, do you call it that? A defibrillator. And they might have a little cross or something. And it's if somebody gets into a situation and, and things aren't normal, you apply this and it gives, and it would give them another opportunity. It might give them time until help can come on the way. Friends, the Holy Spirit is just that way for the believer. He is right on time for us. Pilgrims and strangers that breathe. The Holy Spirit knows all of us and where we're at. Some of us just need to just breathe. When you say, that's so simple, Brother John. It's so easy. Well, try it. You say, I've done it 16,000 times today. In my sleep, I breathe. But spiritually, if we're not careful, Satan will get us. To a place where we start being discolored and things are moved. There's an obstruction in the airflow. Breathing is life. Air is important. In fact, some time in the past, when I was having back troubles and back problems, there was a certain exercise that someone introduced me to. Some of you that maybe have back problems. And it was just simply where you just lay down on the on your back. And with your knees bent up. So that your spine can be level with the ground. And, I, and you say, oh, that's so easy. But you just begin to breathe. And I'm not going to demonstrate it. Because you'd see how Brother John needs to go back and exercise. And it sounds very simple. But you there at home, you can try it right now. (laughs) Lay down on your back with with your knees bent. Some of you want to demonstrate it for me? And 
and you just breathe and you let your back actually go down to the ground and your spine flattens out and you begin to breathe. Not, not hyperventilating like something, but you do. And they say, just breathe. Just breathe. And, and, and what's that doing? It's actually exercising your core muscles that begin to operate and they strengthen that part of your body that actually causes your spine and causing the nerves. And, well, some of you demonstrating it on the screen for me. And it's just like they're just laying it down there like this, maybe in your dreams. Oh, you say, brother John, you're being funny. Well, if you have a back problem, that, that is an exercise. And they want you to breathe, just breathe, and it brings your spine down so it's flat. And your nerves, and your muscles, and your bones, and your breathing. Now I think we've all been around people that... and It's just like they can just be doing normal life. And they're just, they're just like, it's like... We live in a nervous age. Even as believers, we can get to where we're not breathing normal. And the medical term is people are hyperventilating throughout their normal day. And they're they're just driving there. You know what it is? It's the pressure of the age. Has got it to where people cannot even breathe. Normal, breathe in, breathe out. Even as believers, we need to breathe in the Holy Spirit. Breathe in the Word of God and breathe out. It's bringing the core and your back into alignment. So it is spiritually to get things straightened out. You need to breathe straight. You can't be crooked and all imbalanced and expect God to just level when the Holy Spirit's trying to deal with your heart that you're a pilgrim and you're a stranger. Maybe somebody tonight, maybe on the internet is trying to be a star and you're trying to be the first and you're trying and you're really pushing to be a certain thing. And that might not be God's will for your life at all. I want to encourage you tonight that spiritual men and women recognize that they're just a stranger and a pilgrim. And they're just passing through. It's very ironic that tonight is the first Sunday night service for some months that the Coverdale Church does not have more people there. And that we cannot be connected and see you, Brother Ken, on the platform or see you. Brother Louise or Brother Benjamin or Brother Michael Ray. We saw you this morning, but for a long time we've been able to see them on a Sunday night. And even from our homes on on a Wednesday night, we've been able to see some in the balcony, some in the sanctuary. And now temporarily that's been taken away. It's kind of ironic. This is the very first Sunday night now that things have changed. And we don't know if it, it even could change for us on the U.S. side. We need to cherish these moments that we can breathe with one another. That's why Paul said to gather ourselves together so much more as you see the day approaching. Why? Because that gives strength to one another. We can breathe. We can see one another. 
We draw strength from the songs. We draw encouragement. I hope you're drawing encouragement from the word. This is, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a natural doctor. When the Lord laid this on my heart, I can tell you exactly where I was this past week when, when the inspiration came to breathe. Breathe. Oh, you say it goes without saying, not to someone that's drowning. Not to someone that things are falling apart and they're just hyperventilating and they're looking at something in a certain way. They're just going up and down and that's all they see is breathe. Just step back and breathe. I was listening to spoken word is the original seed this past week and Brother Branham just made a statement that caught my heart. He said, all sons and daughters of God are predestinated. Every single one of you are predestined. You are predestinated. God by his foreknowledge. He saw your life. And because he knew that you would say yes. He elected you. And because of his election. He could predestine certain things to happen in your life. Because you are a believer. All sons and daughters of God are predestinated. That means you are highly favored of God. God has his hands upon your life. It's very special to hear that from the Lord Jesus to say that you're very special to him. You are highly favored of the Lord, isn't it? Does that mean anything to you tonight? I mean, why are we connected together? Why do we even want to be together? Well, if we didn't want to be here, I looked on the website and it was fully booked, fully booked. People want to be here. They want to come. They want to be together. What does, what does that mean? I, I trust that when we come, we receive something. That we're breathing well. That we're walking well. That God is ministering to your hearts and ministering to your needs. Even at home tonight, I, I, I see you're so dressed so wonderfully there at the Ray family. And to see you dressed and look so like you're ready for church. I mean, I've got to admit publicly, this morning I drove up to the camp. And last night I, I, I put a suit in my bag. I put two shirts in my bag. I wanted to be present for the Zoom presentation. And the brothers were working here, Brother Jonathan and Brother Eddie Lamb, for over seven hours yesterday and all, all day today. When I got here, they were here, worked all day trying to prepare for the service and getting the antennas. Aren't we thankful for that? I had brought clothes and prepared. I wanted to pre- present myself, and but then they didn't know if the internet would drop, so I was able to to be in, in a certain cabin. And thank the Lord, the internet worked. We were able to come right through, and I just had a sweater on, and I I felt uh, embarrassed. I'm like, I should have my suit and my I should be like, uh, and I had brought it, so it just goes to show. And we were just doing the best we could, but we had a hunger. I've got to be connected. I want Brother Murphy to know we're with you, Brother Murphy. It does make a difference when we see somebody. It makes a difference even for a minister when you say amen. It makes a difference when you smile and people see your life. You might be going through a trial and you're just like you're a soldier that is in the middle of a battle. And you know you're a pilgrim. You know you're a stranger. But you've just marked off one more day closer to home. And just after spoken word is the original seed, the very next service 
in Georgia. And we're just coming down near the end of our time here tonight. One day the Lord Jesus is going to say that for the bride. It's coming down near the end. It's time to take them home. Brother Branham was talking about healing and talking about a few days ago in our church. They brought a little girl in there on a stretcher. And they had called me in the nighttime on the road and said the girl cannot live. Cancer was so bad. She was 17 years old. Here's a teenager that had cancer and was in a very serious situation. And they called Brother Branham. She can't even get there. She's going to die before she gets there. And it was a pitiful case. A lovely little child of 17 years old. Now watch Brother Branham that was trying to show to the Branham Tabernacle that it's just not, just not all emotion. Everybody running in a certain way. But he said... To prove something to my church, I never touched the child at all. The reason that I'm bringing this for tonight and the very first Sunday night that we can't all be together as we did last Sunday. Is that Brother Branham's trying to bring to his church that I never touched the child at all. I never as much as touched her. I walked in. There she was laying on a stretcher. Of course, there were other sick people, but I was concerned about the child to just catch her spirit when I spoke to her. And she seemed like a very fine little girl. I see no reason why that child should fill a premature grave. And that has to be the devil trying to take her life. He said, I never touched the child at all. I just went right to the pulpit with the word and stayed right with the word. And the word healed her so instantly till she got up and walked away is all right living like anybody else. Can the church say amen tonight? Now most of us would have wanted to run over to the girl. I mean look, she's laying there. We, we've called you and you're concerned and you care. Why don't you run right over? Lay hands on her. Brother Branham was, he said, I'm trying to prove something to my church. I never touched the child at all, but I just went right to the pulpit and stayed right with the word. And the word healed her instantly. She breathed in the word. Oh, you say that's spiritual, natural, no. Spiritually, we've got to breathe in the word. We've got to accept it personally. She breathed in the word and instantly she got up and walked out. She's all right. Can't find a trace of it anywhere. Never even touched her. And Brother Branham said the word went forth. She believed the word and the word is God's life and God's power. And the word is what does it. The word heals the sick. Glory to God. Oh, you say, if I could have somebody lay hands on me. If we can have an altar call like the good old days. My, if we could just all join together. Tonight we need a revelation. Brother Branham is trying to bring to the Branham Tabernacle. The word is what needs to touch us. Oh, you say, Brother Branham, he says, well, you say Jesus healed the sick. He said the word went forth. Talking about the 17 year old girl. And she believed the word. And the word is God's life. And God's power. The word is what does it. The word heals the sick. And you say well. 
Jesus healed the sick. Brother Branham said, he is the word. Are you the word tonight? Are you the word tonight? Then it's time for you to speak. It's time for you not just to think about it, but begin to exercise. Begin to do what it takes to breathe in, breathe out, breathe in the word. We've heard so much word over the years. I believe the last few months has been God's watching your life to see, are you going to exercise it? Are you going to speak it? Are you going to speak the word? Are you going to speak God's thoughts? God help all of us. When you receive the word, you receive Jesus, for he is the word. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We believe that, don't we? Every bit. We believe that Christ is God's word made manifest. And we believe that his bride must be the same thing. We believe that she must believe every bit of the word and have that word in her. Because she is part of the body. She is the body where he is the head. I was just in my room up there that Brother Matt turned on the heat for us and the hot water. Thank you, Brother Matt. And we were able to be there for a few minutes. I was listening to wisdom versus faith. Can I I say this before we closed? Brother Branham said, we was spoken into existence by the word. He said, what word? This word. God help us to breathe in The word that we've been hearing, we were spoken into existence by the word. The message of this hour has literally and is literally speaking the bride into the rapture. Tonight we're pilgrims and strangers. And we're just traveling through this world of woe. I had another scripture, but we're not going to turn to it. And that was in John chapter 20, where the Bible says, this is before the day of Pentecost, that Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And the Bible says, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And some have thought, oh, when he breathed on his disciples, they received the Holy Ghost. And Brother Branham, in questions and answers, they ask him that question. Brother Branham, what is the difference when Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And when they had to go to the upper room, which was later. You say, well, Brother John, if Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Ghost, why go to the upper room? Brother Branham said, it was a promise he gave them. He breathed on them his promise and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. It was a promise. And they went to the upper room to wait for the promise to be fulfilled. The same thing as when we lay hands upon you to be healed. Then you go on about your business waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. Hello, bride of Christ. I wish everyone in your homes or out on the internet could just see us in this chapel. But we're not able to do that tonight, isn't that? We're not able to show the congregation. The guidelines, the rules, every everything, friends, and it may even get tighter. But I pray God help all of us to breathe in, breathe out, breathe in the Holy Ghost, breathe out the Holy Ghost. Don't breathe in all these 
quotes and scriptures and times that we've shared together. Breathe in. Oh, that's good. I accept that. And then breathe out hatred or breathe out malice or breathe out some earthly life only. When we are pilgrims and we're strangers and God is teaching us to breathe his word, his spoken word. You say, we need to go around touching everyone. laying hand. No, speak the word and let God do the work. Let's all stand to our feet tonight. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Strangers and pilgrims that are breathing. Hallelujah. Breathe on us, Lord. Breathe on those in their homes that are standing now. Some are taking their place. Hallelujah. God bless you. May the Lord fill you. Some that are seated and still remaining seated. May the Lord Jesus just touch you and minister to your families and to your lives. And as brother Derek comes and brother Ryan and our brothers come to sing now in closing, let's just let the Holy Spirit come and breathe on us. Breathe on us one more time, Lord. You know the future. We don't, let's sing that song again, brother Ryan. Let him breathe on me. Brother Derek, let's make sure their voices are loud throughout the, uh, congregation and out across the internet let the world know that we're breathing in this atmosphere we're happy to be a Christian friends we need to live a life so that our children want what we've got Lord help us Lord Jesus these are your children we are your children let us live lives so that people want what we got let's just sing it brother Ryan oh let him breathe on me worship in our homes, in our cars, in our offices, in the chapel.
is living in one another. Who believes that tonight? Just this morning when Brother Murphy was speaking, maybe Brother uh, John, you can bring uh, them up on the screen. Brother Murphy was speaking and he was talking about touching the hem of Jesus' garment. A woman that reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Do y'all remember that in the scripture? The woman that touched the hem of his garment. And my daughter-in-law, Jessica, was just sitting right next to me. And she had kind of like a flowing sweater. And I just reached out and touched the hem of it. You say, that? what was in your heart, Brother John? I believe that Jesus is in my daughter-in-law, Jessica. You say, well, I don't know. You know, we can have spouses, we can have friends, but do we believe that Jesus lives in his body? And life flows through the body. That, that's what I believe about my daughter-in-law, Jessica, that Jesus lives in her. I just touched the hem of her little sweater, Sister Anna Hope. And I believe you tonight can touch the heart of Jesus. And you don't have to be touched by the minister or touched by... Brother Branham was trying to get his church to the place where they would believe the word. And they would learn to breathe and breathe in and breathe out. Maybe it's a paragraph. Maybe it was a quote. Maybe it was a song. Maybe it was the prayer that Brother Derek prayed. Maybe it's just seeing one another. Maybe it's the Zoom. And you see a believer and you see them in their home. And you see Sister Michelle Riva standing there. As a believer, when everything in the world is crumbling and falling apart, and there she stands as a witness, I love the Lord. I'm a believer. May God bless all of you for being Jesus. As we bow our heads in a closing word of prayer, who would say, Lord? Teach me how to breathe better in my life. Breathe. Maybe you're older. Maybe you're middle-aged. But Lord, breathe. I want to breathe. Breathe in more of your presence. Breathe in more of your word. Breathe in more of the atmosphere in my home life, in my private life. God bless you. Heavenly Father, it's near in the evening time of our Sunday here. We thank you, Lord, for sending us a message and a word and giving us opportunity to be able to breathe as pilgrims and strangers, as believers and as Christians that we can hear your word and be strengthened and renewed. We pray that in this time that we're living, that your Holy Spirit would be strong among us. Father, that your presence would be so real in our prayer lives and in the time of the word that the revelation would be so strong individually for the believers. And we would not ask amiss or in vain. 
We would not be connected in vain. That we're not going through motions. But And just all the mechanics and all the technical part can all be worked out. But may the dynamics, may the supernatural part make all the difference. Where you're supernaturally just breathing on us. And we breathe in. And we learn how to exercise ourselves unto godliness. And just how to breathe and let things be straightened out in a balance. It would help us so much, Lord. We're not scientists. We're not great rulers. We're not great financial people, skyscrapers and great buildings and great ephesuses and things of this life. We're not trying to build a home and be a citizen. We're not just fighting for natural land. We're fighting for a spiritual inheritance that has been given to us. Lord, if anyone is gasping for air and a time of trouble, maybe sickness, affliction, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but Lord, may the Lord deliver them out of them all. May they see mountains begin to move. May they, may the Lord, you just give them a, a little mirror shot of around the other side of the mountain where the grain of sand just begin to fall off. Forgive us if we've been in despair. Forgive us if we haven't learned how to breathe right. Maybe you need to teach us how to breathe. Take it in. Move it on out. Breathe in God's freshness. Oh, Father, flow through our lives with healing and deliverance. And Lord, now that as we're praying together as a body, we pray together for Sister Becky Coffey. And we pray the Holy Spirit would come into her room where she is right now. And may you, the great physician, just touch her. And may this virus leave her body. May she be able to breathe. May her lungs begin to be strong and emptied of this. May she begin to be renewed. May you pump into her the vitamins and the vitality to be able to fight back this virus. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that our brother Barry Coffey and his family and his church would have a testimony that you brought our mother, you brought our wife, you brought the pastor's wife, you brought a believer through this time of trouble. And many others that are going through times of testing, may you be with them, Lord. As we close our service tonight and as we leave this connection together, I pray that you would be glorified. Be pleased with our week. If you would give us some more time to serve you, may the fruits and the seeds that you have sown and the word that has been sown bring forth a hundredfold. Encourage one another and bless them. In Jesus Christ's precious name, amen, amen, amen. Let's sing that song, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away, I'll not die, hallelujah, by and by. I think, I don't know if that part is in the verse that we sing, but I'll not die. Hallelujah, by and by, I'm going to my house, I'm going to my home. If I don't seem normal here, that's because I'm a pilgrim stranger, I'm a stranger and a pilgrim. Do we have the words for that at all? Here we go, let's sing this, I'll fly away. Some glad morning, some glad morning. Oh, some glad morning, when this life is over, I'll fly away. I'll fly away.
this morning when he was looking right in the, and we were just so thankful we can encourage one another hallelujah you're fulfilling the scripture when brother Branham said there's colors and voices and people going through this room right now there you have it right there voices 
the people's motions going through this room right now, smiles on their face, responding to the word, it's thus saith the Lord. This day, it's been manifested. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless you. I think this is thanks. Is this Thanksgiving week for those? And uh, let's just be thankful. We'll be thankful for one another till we meet again. I'll fly away one more time and you can wave to someone as you go. Be respectful of our guidelines and what we need to do.